What's going on, everybody, and welcome to another Angle of Pursuit podcast, your fantasy football sports betting and NASCAR home here at fakepigskin.com. I am your host, Kyle Robert. Follow me on Twitter at NotoriousKRO. Joining me, as always, is Brian Twining. What's up, Brian? What's up, Kyle? I can tell as we get older, we, t- we tend to forget our own names and our own uh, spellings for things because I do the same thing at work all day. But, you know, I'm looking forward to this week nine slate of betting as we we had another decently successful, successful weekend. Mm, some of us more than others. Uh, I mentioned it on Sunday morning when we uh, did our live stream. I said college football went great on Saturday, uh, which probably means the fo- it means Sunday slate is going to go awful. Um, and <laughs> it may have gone terrible. It, it literally may have been the worst week of my betting life. Uh, I decided to go against you in the best bet, despite not hitting a single best bet all season, or I think one of my two and eight at this point, or two and seven. I don't know. And you're just dominating your best bet. So that was another dumb thing I did. Um, 23, 22, and two, uh, still over 50%. I'm not going to complain. Hey, that's uh, still better than, than the, than the majority. 29-17 is you, 63%. Incredible hit rate uh, this far into the season. Like I said, 6-2 and two on your best bets. College was great to me, uh, Auburn. That Auburn game could not have been better. <laughs> that was fantastic, four, right away. 43, I took them on the field. Oh, that was good. And then I decided to give them all back Saturday. And then, and then I decided, <laughs> to, to, you know what? I, I didn't lose enough money this weekend. Let's go, let's go Monday night, too, and... And, and blow it all on on the the Giants not being able to score and and Tom Brady and company blowing them out and uh, none of those things happened so it was it was overall uh, the NFL slate was just was just a mess but you know what Brian we're gonna get back on track this week we're gonna get this ship routed uh, you're gonna keep you're gonna keep your fire picks coming um, obviously you all over the Steelers they tr- they treated you well uh, my Titans. That was just awful, dude. Uh, that was just how you lose Cincinnati. They and... they they effed me in a teaser that I had, and they yeah. were the they were the only one. It was a nine team teaser. Yeah, well, I I I, I keep telling you, Brian. Like, <laughs> parlays and teasers are fun and seem like they're a lot of money, but. They don't always they don't always hit. There's a reason why even at 60 something percent, you're killing it. Uh, you're not going to win parlays that way. Let's dive into it. There's a lot of games I want to hit. Uh, obviously, we'll we'll talk. We'll talk our week week nine best bets. We'll talk, um, you know, uh, our, our college football minute, which may or may not be a minute long. We'll see. Um, but let's dive in. Let's talk about it. There's three games on, on our, our must talk about, and then we'll kind of fill, fill in the rest. Uh, the Buffalo Bills versus Seattle Seahawks. Um, this is a very interesting line to me. Uh, obviously, the, the Bills are at home. They're getting three points. Um, are the Bills just not very good? Like, because... Obviously, like between my Titans and Kansas City and now Seattle, like, you know, they, they've lost, they lost the Titans really bad. They lost to Kansas City. They never really felt like they were in that game. They've crushed everybody else. Um, now Seattle comes to town. Um, should we just take the home dog in three points and thank the books? Or is there something we're missing here? We should just load up with Seattle. 
dude, this this is one of those games where uh, I'm going to wait all the way to Sunday because I want to see which direction this line moves. And it's a game where it kind of freaks me out because I understand that the, as of now, the weather is supposed to be really nice. But if this starts to creep down into the traditional you know, extreme Northeast wintertime weather where it's, we're getting in the 20s or it's really cold. I think we could wind up seeing this game, you know, be one of those things where Seattle will wind up blowing Buffalo out because of their ability to not turn the ball over as opposed to Josh Allen's propensity to still fumble, throw interceptions and stuff like that. But if, if it's nice weather and Buffalo is able to sit back there and Josh Allen is going to have Smokey Brown back and he's going to be able to sling it all over the field. And if they kind of get back to the offense that we saw them over the first couple, couple weeks, I think this is, this is a game where the home dog is in play. But th- that being said, Seattle this season and over the last, you know, 10 years or so, or, and especially ever since Pete Carroll has been there, they're, they're probably the best team in the NFL in close games. And it's the reason why if this goes underneath three, I'm probably taking Seattle as the road favorite. As you know, I am the road job, the, the road dog. So if it's under three, I'm going Seattle. If it's over three, I'm leaning Buffalo, but potentially I would probably still stay away. I like Buffalo in this spot. I think if they are actually good, they should play really well here. They should be able to run the ball really efficiently. Um, the problem is, I, I guess it depends on their their defense. If they are if they're if they're injured and banged up, Russell Wilson is going to carve them up. But if they can get some pieces back and actually not be a complete mess on that side of the ball, um, they may have a shot. Obviously, DK is just insane. Um, but you know, the Bills' offense is good enough to to produce yards, to produce points. And we're just, it's just a Josh Allen turnover. That's going to basically make or break this game. And I, I feel like if you like Seattle, you take them with the points. If you like Buffalo, I think you might look at, take a look at that money line and see if they can't win the game on the field. Yeah. I would, if, if I'm taking Buffalo, I'm going to take money line here as we saw them with the Rams in a game that, you know, the public was on LA in that game and the Rams were getting, they were smoking them. And then Buffalo came out, but Josh Allen looked like the Bills of the first couple of weeks, and they just miraculously pulled that one out of the – they pulled a rabbit out of their head, uh, to quote the great Jason Witten on Monday Night Football. Um, you know, and it, it's just that it, it's – Buffalo is, is the Jekyll and Hyde team this season where we don't know which offense we're going to see, and this defense is no longer the vaunted Buffalo Bills that we've seen the last two, two or three years. Yeah, yeah. And with Stefan Diggs, I, I think it's just that big of a game changer, especially against that defense. But, you know, we saw the Niners look terrible. So I think the the, the Seahawks are getting a little bit more love. And I don't know, uh, this is probably just going to be an avoid for me. But if I had to play it, uh, I think I'd be looking at Buffalo. Uh, Which side of the over before we leave this game, because I think sure. this game is one of the most interesting ones on the slate. How are you leaning on the over-under in this game? And and does the weather factor into whether or not you think this is going to be the up-and-down style play that we see? It it really, like, for me, this game is all, I don't think the weather really matters. I think, I think it'll be fine either way. These teams, like, Seattle's shown the ability, and so is Buffalo, to, to, to put up points even when the weather's not ideal. Um, but I think if you like, like, 
I think if you like Buffalo, I think you like Buffalo. Man, that's tough. Because like I want to say Buffalo in the under, but with Josh Allen and the way to attack this defense and Seattle being able to do what they need to do is just like if if Seattle is is able to produce offensively and Tyler Lockett and DK are running up and down the field and scoring touchdowns. <laughs> I don't see Buffalo being able to stay in the game. So if you like Buffalo, wouldn't you want the under and like Zach, a lot of Zach Moss and Singletary and even Josh Allen running. And then, um, you know, man. Yeah. I think, I think under and, and bills is where I would go. Yeah. I I'm, I'm kind of with you there. I, I like the under in this game as I'm, I'm not traditionally a person that's going to hammer the overs because it, you know, we're talking about NFL defenses. And even if these defenses are not good, like these guys are still professionals and they're what, you know, they, they're the only 32 of these teams. And these are all guys that are good enough to play in the NFL. And so even if Buffalo has been struggling against the past, they still have Tredavious white out there. So they may be able to take away one of the two friggin' monsters that Seattle has. And, and Buffalo's running game has shown signs of life with the reemergence of my boy, Zach Moss. So I do think that they're able to kind of keep this game at a slower pace than what we've seen Buffalo try to run. Yeah, definitely. Um, Let's move on. Let's talk about another really interesting game. This game has the potential to either be like a nine to 12 game or like <laughs> 39 to 42 game. Like, I feel like, I feel like there's a lot. I feel like my, definitely last week was interesting because obviously their, their defense and their special teams uh, of the dolphins uh, was able to do plenty and not force Tua to do anything Tua didn't even throw for a hundred yards. He was on that list of, quarterbacks to throw for less yards than Ben Danucci. Um <laughs> but do we expect the, the the I mean gas can to the IR now they're uh you know they're they're shuffling the running backs once again. Uh, Might be Patrick Laird season again this week. Yeah, the the Laird abides um you know Devontae Parker and and Preston Williams who pops every once in a while Gesicki but um do we trust Tua or do we think Arizona is good or do we think these are both not very good teams that maybe we should just kind of avoid this game in general? Oh, dude, this game right here, as soon as I saw the line, I immediately placed a wager on Arizona against the spread. I think this, I, I just, I don't understand why the line is so low. And I feel like people are overreacting to Miami's defensive performance last week against a Rams team that, when you're able to put pressure on Jared Goff, it's been proven over and over again that he is not the same quarterback. He's actually one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL when he's put under pressure, and that's what Miami did so early in that game. And they had a special teams touchdown, which isn't likely to be repeated. And going up against a team that if you blitz Kyler Murray and he's able to break through that, that line, you're looking at huge chunk runs out of this offense. And Arizona also has uh, the the guy that LA, as good as their wide receivers are, none of their dudes match up to anywhere near the level of talent that DeAndre Hopkins is. And I think yeah. that's that's. I just think the Arizona Cardinals are going to be too powerful in offense, and their defense, who is also extremely aggressive, is going to be able to get to Tua and prevent Miami from moving the ball with little to zero coming from their running game this week. So if you like Arizona, FanDuel has it at three and a half right now. I think that's the, the spot to be. I think I'm going to be on the Dolphins. Uh, and and our, friend, our friends over at Bovada have a nice little four and a half there for us. Um, I, I think this game will be interesting. I 
I don't I don't believe in Arizona yet, and that's kind of why I'm on the Dolphins here. I think this is probably a field goal game either way. And if I can get more than a field goal with one of the teams, I'm gonna do it. Or I guess less with Arizona more with Miami, whatever. Um, but I just I, I don't I don't trust Arizona. I know we've seen them play well, but like that's against your garbage cowboys, no offense. Uh, <laughs> they and, suck, and, right? It's okay. Yeah, and and the Niners are kind of a mess and, and I and obviously coming off a bye is nice, but the 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 Dolphins feel good. They're playing well, um, and now, you know they they're obviously on the road for this game. But I th- I think this is a good spot for them, and I trust that defense. I know it's it's not what we saw last week against the Rams, but um, I still think they're pretty solid. I think Kyler Murray is fine. Um, I I want to see what the running game looks like. I want to see what Kenyon Drake does, and Chase Edmonds, and how how that. D- uh, stuff is divvied up, but I, th- I think there's plenty of room for the Dolphins to keep this game competitive and within the three points. And I think they, I think they cover this week. All right. Our first disagreement of the week. Let's keep it going. I'm sure it'll go swimmingly for me. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about the, Lo- the Los Angeles chargers versus the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, the chargers look amazing for three and three quarters, three and a half quarters. Um, and then it kind of goes to shit and they, they blow 17 point light leads like, <laughs> like no other, uh, the Raiders coming off the bye, a fully healthy offensive line. Hopefully Derek Carr, you know, had an awful game against Cleveland, but you know, the wind was a big benefactor for that. Where's your head at for this game? And, and, you know, obviously a line we're looking at what one, one and a half for, uh, for the chargers. So this is, this is a game where when the lines first came out, I had immediately jumped uh, to, I, I went with my gut here and I'm, and I was road dog and I was like, Oh man, Raider Raiders money line, Raiders money line, Raiders money line. But with the news today that Josh Jacobs uh, missed practice again. And, and I know that the Raiders offense can still operate without him back there, but he, he is a level ahead of what, their other Raiders running backs are. And I think if he were to miss this game, I would go with the chargers because of their ability to kind of limit the downfield passing of the opposing team. Because although the chargers defense has not been the greatest and they've blown tremendous amount of leads, like they, they still are decently strong on the back half of that defense with, with, you know, uh, what's it? Casey Hayward back there. I, I like them being able to get to the passer and create trouble, especially with Trent Brown going to miss the game again for the Raiders. But, you know, I, I think it's really going to come down to Josh Jacobs for me. If he plays, I'm, I'm all in on the Raiders money line on the road against the chargers in a place where if there were fans, it would be 75% Raider fans still even in LA. So yeah, I, I like the Raiders with Jacobs without Jacobs. I'm probably not, not placing the wager, but one side of this that I'm not going to waver from is I'm going over 51 and a half in this game as both teams have been moving the ball up and down the field and they like to produce big chunk plays. Well, if you want to get out of that Raiders bet, let me know. I will happily take that off your hands because I think the Raiders are in a fantastic spot, whether Josh Jacobs plays or not. I don't, I don't, you know, he's, he's good. He's not amazing. I think, I think Drew Derek Carr's in a perfect spot here. Obviously Drew Locke, 248 yards and three touchdowns uh, after only throwing one touchdown all season long. Uh, you know, Minshew, whatever that game was weird, but Breeze 325, Brady 369, uh, Mahomes 300 yards. 
Bridgewater had an had a so like I guess it depends on what you want. If is it is it this defense is only susceptible to like stud quarterbacks, and if it's Brady and if it's Breeze and Mahomes, and they're gonna crush them. Uh, but if not, but like after Drew Locke's performance last week, I don't trust that secondary, especially after trading the corner to my Tennessee Titans. Um, and I think I think the Raiders are in a nice spot here. I know Josh Jacobs might not play, but I. I don't think that matters. I think Derek Carr has a nice game here. And I think, uh, I think the line's moving in the correct direction. And I don't know that I jump on it now. Like I, the money line would be interesting, but if you, if you could have got the Raiders at plus three, I think that was, I think that was the spot. So that was when the line first came out, that was one of my, along with the Cardinals, it was one of Mm. my first bets was Raiders money line just straight up just because like, to me, that seemed kind of abnormally high for a game where the Raiders are the better team this season. Let's talk some more bets. Let's talk some more games. And let's start with your Cowboys. Um, I was on them against the Eagles. That didn't go well. It was almost there and then didn't. Uh, they're at home, and it's 13 and a half or 14 <laughs> against Pittsburgh. Uh... Like, I f- like, everything in my head says take the 7-0 and Pittsburgh Steelers to absolutely romp them. But that seems like the counterintuitive and and probably not the way we want to go. What what am I missing here? Dude, I just this is a situation where the Cowboys should have covered against the Eagles. I I was all over Philly. Philadelphia should have absolutely destroyed this Cowboys team last week. If it wasn't for the mistakes that Danucci made down in the red zone and uh a fumble return for a touchdown that the referees probably mistakenly still awarded the Philadelphia Eagles, the Cowboys would have covered and they would have covered with flying colors. That being said, how the hell is Dallas going to move the ball with Cooper yeah. rush who hasn't seen the field in since college and, or whatever. Gilbert. Yeah. yeah there you go. Garrett Gilbert. Like how the hell are the Cowboys going to move the ball with a guy who hasn't even pl- probably taken practice reps other than this week in yeah. an offense that's minus four-fifths of their starting offensive line, a banged-up Ezekiel Elliott, and just they're in all sorts of shambles. Like, if it's 13-and-a-half, I'm going Steelers. Two touchdowns is still up there. But, I mean, if we're picking the Chiefs, if the Chiefs could beat the the Jets by 19-and-a-half, and last week what they wound up winning by, like, 27, I think the Steelers could easily, with that defense and their ability to create turnovers, beat, beat the Cowboys. They could be up 14 at halftime. Yeah. Yeah. I might, we, we took the Ravens in the first half against Washington. I yeah. might look to do that. And I might look at the Cowboys team total and take the under and, and just call it a day there. Are they, uh, are I, they, are they on the par with the jets on the team totals right now? They should be. Um, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to head over to our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook and, and see what kind of numbers we can get. Cause uh, I think a first half bet, and I think a team total bet could make a lot of sense. I'm not sure if they've hung the lines yet, but you know that would that would make too much sense. Why why would you go ahead and do that? Um, well, I will I look, say before we leave this yeah. game, real quick, I was so happy and cheering on the entire game to see our boy Michael Gallup reinserted into yeah, the offense. It only took Ben DiNucci to remake Michael Gallup make a, oh. be a thing. It was great to watch. That's I mean, it was fantastic. All right, let's see here. Can we find a first half line? Uh, that is, we could do an alternate spread. We can get Steelers minus twenty three and a half at plus three twenty. That's real nice. I like that. 
Um, cause if you, f- you figure if the Steelers cover, they're probably going to win by a lot, but if they don't, then maybe, you know, Dallas to win, they'll see Dallas, like you could do Steelers to win by 19 to 24 at plus 410. I feel like that's very much in play. Like a 23, 24 point win is, uh, so I'm on, I'm on another, uh, betting site right now. It's Steelers minus seven and a half first mm-hmm. half. That's what Which I'm seeing on, on DraftKings. Yeah, I, beautiful. And then the over/under for the first half is only 21 in a game that Pittsburgh. It, you know, I think they could they could have two big yeah. plays in the first quarter, and if they're up 14 nothing halfway through the first, I mean, I, I could think see, that, I could see 17 to six being the halftime score, and, yes. and us crushing our bets. Uh, I like that a lot. Um, any other lines sticking out to you? The 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 Colts going from three point underdogs at home to like point point and a half um, it is very interesting to me. Like, are we are we done with the Ravens as an elite team? Like, is Lamar because like Lamar like the Ravens should have won last week. Like they 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 played better, but Lamar made some critical mistakes. So are the Ravens more in that Bills bucket where if the quarterback plays well and they run the ball effectively, they can win. But if they don't do that, then then they're going to be in a world of hurt. Because I know Darius Leonard makes a, a big impact on what this Colts defense can be. But like, are these two teams really like evenly matched? I, I don't. I mean, Philip Rivers still plays quarterback for the other team. <laughs> And Jonathan Taylor is still wildly ineffective and, and the receiving core is highly questionable. Like, I feel like the Ravens should be, should be the bet here. So I think this line might be slightly impacted by the fact that there were so many guys who were deemed close contact with Marlon Humphrey who tested positive for the Ravens. Now, sure. It was it, it was reported after that had been announced that all eight of those guys should be activated prior to Sunday's game. So all all the guys that were reported as close contacts to Marlon Humphrey and even possibly Marlon Humphrey might be able to play this Sunday against Indianapolis. And if that is the case, and they're they're pretty much full strength on the defensive side of the ball, I don't see any reason why the Ravens shouldn't be a three, three-and-a-half-point favorite in Indianapolis because as good as Indianapolis's defense is with Darius Leonard over there, the Baltimore Ravens just ran for over 200 yards on the NFL's top rushing defense, who was allowing an average of 64 yards a game. They put up over two bills yeah. against them. And it, I think this, the Ravens are able to run on anybody. I think their their defense is what's going to help them win this game because Indianapolis doesn't have anywhere near the playmakers on the outside that Pittsburgh does. And Phillip Rivers is not Ben Roethlisberger. So I think that uh, Baltimore in this game should be a runaway pick right now at one and a half. And it's something that I'll probably be placing right now, just because when those guys do get deemed eligible to return, I think that line creeps back up into the three range. Let's talk Vikings lions Vikings, obviously impressed everybody. Dalvin cook's return was awesome. Uh, and, and getting a win outright against the, against the Packers. Now they're home. They're facing Detroit. They're four and a half point favorites. I feel like minus Detroit- I feel like Detroit is the right side here, even without well, Kenny Holiday. Well, don't forget, Matthew Stafford has the, the oh, COVID-ish right. situation. So it's interesting yeah. that this is only four and a half. Yeah, man. I'm definitely leaning Minnesota in this game. 
I think but, I'm gonna take the, I'm, I'm gonna take the Lions. I like the Lions. I don't so care that, Chase Daniel. So that being said, uh, Minnesota's defense is is still not not that good, and the, this is Kirk Cousins we're talking about. And yeah. if they're if if Dalvin Cook doesn't run for three touchdowns and have another 50 plus yard touchdown last week, that's probably a game where Green Bay winds up getting back into it and winning. Yeah. If Minnesota had to rely on the arm of Kirk Cousins, so I would kind of lean, I'd lean Minnesota, but it's not a game that I'm that I'm excited. It's, just, it's very predictable. They they feel like a team that can get up for big games, and then against teams where they should beat, they they struggle and they barely win, and it's just ugly. And I think that's one. Of, I think this week is one of those games. Um. Chiefs minus 10 and a half. They're blowing the doors off everybody. Does Carolina present enough struggle or be able or produce enough points to keep with them and prove that they're at least borderline? Like my Carolina over, I think was it five and a half is looking pretty damn good at this point. Like obviously just need a couple more wins. Um, but that, that number is, is head scratching to me. Like, I feel like, I feel like Carolina might be the side there. I think I don't know. I'm I'm leaning Chiefs in this. Just well, I, I take that back. So the Chiefs just recently had Chris Jones go on the yeah. co- the COVID list because of close contact. And if Chris Jones misses this game with Christian McCaffrey coming back, no offense to Mike Davis, he's not Christian McCaffrey. And the Chiefs in the in the two or three games that they missed Chris Jones, they were getting gashed up the middle. Uh, to teams opposing running games. And I think this could be one of those, one of those days where Carolina just leans really heavily on their superstar back there and allows Teddy Bridgewater to run those three step quick, quick throws, let his receivers do their thing. And they're able to keep it somewhat close and maybe Mm -hmm. hit a field goal in the fourth quarter or something like that to be down 10, you know? Yeah. And the Panthers, their offense reminds me, especially now that they're getting McCaffrey back of, of another team that the Chiefs struggled against. And that would be the Raiders. Like Bridgewater and Carr, strong running game, fast receivers, efficient quarterbacks. Yeah, I, and I, as you mentioned, the back door I think will be open, and I think I'm um, late. Whether it's late McCaffrey or Robbie Anderson breaking one off or whatever, this game could be 17 points the whole way, and then all of a sudden it's a 10 point win for Kansas City. So I, I like the I like the uh, I like the um, Panthers here. Uh, Saints Bucks, very interesting game, four and a half, five. Um, give me the saints, baby. Give me yeah. the saints. Yeah. Saints money line. Like that's where my head's at. I don't know if I'm leading the money line in this, but I'm definitely all over the saints with the points in this game, because yeah. anytime you could get points with, even if Drew Brees is going to play, let's not, let's not get this mixed up here. Yeah. He's, he's, he's old. We all have aches and pains. I'm only yeah. 34 and I probably feel 10 times better than what he does, but still <laughs> like he's, he's, he's old. He's banged yeah. up, but they still have Alvin Kamara. Yeah. yeah. I, I um, and and Breeze is coming off a game outdoors against Chicago and he looked bad and and Brady and company look so good and they're running over everyone except for the Giants. And yeah, I, I'm all over New Orleans in this spot. Uh any other games you want to hit before we hit our college football minute, which may or may not be a minute long? So I I really like the Denver Atlanta matchup. I think that's a really mm-hmm. interesting game there. And I think, it, I think Denver's kind of being undersold as a four point dog going into Atlanta. And people are thinking that there's some sort of resurgence happening with the Falcons. And yes, 
we talked about them preseason that they were kind of a sleeper team to outperform their expectations. But, you know, Denver, too, was one of my favorite picks coming into the year. And now that they're starting to get a little bit healthier with Drew Locke returning, both both running backs are healthy. Philip Lindsay and Melvin Gordon are starting to get back to full health. They're getting those rookie wide receivers worked into the offense more. Noah Fant is back for Denver. And Noah Fant is a guy who I extremely like this week. You'll see that in my article coming up on fakepigskin.com, dropping tomorrow morning. Um, you know, it. I like Denver's side with the four in this game after watching them make that <laughs> making that fast paced comeback against against the Chargers last week. And I think they found their groove in the passing game too, which is where they're going to be able to beat Atlanta on offense as Atlanta has played surprisingly well against the run this year. Um, how do we feel about the over 50 points? I feel like that's a, I feel like the, I'm not typically an over guy, but I feel like that's a good spot where if Locke's looking as good as he is, I think Matt Ryan has a nice game here. I think, 27 23 is like kind of a the the the, the base yeah the base yeah and i i feel like going over is pretty pretty easy yeah i i would lean the i'm gonna lean the over just because i like denver and in order for denver to stay in this game they're gonna have to throw because of like i said atlanta is actually playing pretty well against the run and if if atlanta's able to get up or if, if atlanta's able to control the clock and keep this kind of close throughout the game I, it might sneak the under just with both teams' style of play with Denver wanting to keep the ball on the ground and all that kind of stuff. But I think Atlanta scores quick in this. I think Denver's going to have to revert to the passing game. And then I, I do like this to become a potential shootout. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you ready for the college football minute that may or may not be a minute long? Yeah. All right. Uh, what are you looking at this week from from a college football perspective? All right, I'm going with a few uh, lesser-known things, and I'm going with two that are just uh, playing tomorrow night on Friday, not even on Saturday. But I, Ooh, love I always the, love some good Friday night action. Yeah, I love myself the over 61 and a half in the BYU at Boise State matchup. Both teams are scoring over 40 points a game this year. Both teams are averaging like 450 to 500 yards per game in this. Both teams' defenses have played kind of lesser opponents and still allowed points to these teams. I think this is going to be one of those games where it's like 31 to 28 at halftime, and you're basically at the over with another field goal. So to me, that's like one of my favorite bets of the weekend. And then I'm going to stay on the West Coast for the, another Friday night game, and I'm I'm riding with my Aztecs here in San Diego, minus 9.5 against a surprising San Jose State team who was able to kind of, you know, beat New Mexico with an aerial attack that was kind of surprising against a Rocky Long defense that San Diego State is very familiar with. And I guarantee you there was a phone call between Brady Hoke and Rocky Long as to what they saw against that San Jose State team. And I think this Aztecs team, who hasn't allowed more than 14 points over their last I think five games dating back to last season, they've been, they've scored over 34 in each of their last three games beginning in last year's bowl game. I think San Diego state is going to run away with this early and we're going to get another one of those games where they're just, they're adding on to the lead late in the fourth quarter and they wind up winning this by close to 20. Yeah. I I'm, I'm simpatico with a lot of that. Um, I'm going to run through all of my plays. Uh, I'm going back to Ohio state in the first half. I don't care what it is uh, against Rutgers. I, I don't love the 40. And in fact, I might take Rutgers for the full game. 
but I might look to get a live line and, and I hope that the, the Ohio state comes out, rolls them in the first half. I maybe get 45, 46 points on, <laughs> on the live line, take that and then hope and then wait for it to slow down. Um, Brian, we got Pac-12 football back, and I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be attacking it. Uh, the Texas line is confusing to me. It makes me really want to take Texas. West Virginia has been great. Uh, Texas is minus five and a half, minus six, minus six and a half. Remember, you look. If it's under a touchdown, I think you take it. I think if it's over, you just avoid the game completely. Um, how are you feeling about your boys? Uh, three, three, two and a half, three point favorites on the road in Indiana. Indiana. I'm obviously I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go anywhere near placing a wager on that, but I do think Michigan rebounds and they wind up beating the Hoosiers. So with Pac-12 back, Arizona State and the big new kickoff uh, plus eleven, give it to me. Anything more than double digits, I'm taking. Um, I, I think that game is gonna be close. I think SC is gonna eventually be pretty you, good. You think still, all those kids are still gonna be sleeping when they kick off since it's gonna be nine a.m. out yeah. here on the West Coast? Yeah, yeah. You, you could look at you could look at taking the under in that game too. I think that might be it. Might be a little worrisome at the end if the offenses wake up and kind of get clicking, but. Considering it's their first game of the year and it's an early game, I think that could make a lot of sense. Uh, let's see. I'm going to the world, the outdoor cocktail party, the world's largest outdoor cocktail party that will actually have nobody at it. Uh, or maybe <laughs> it'll have some people. I don't know. Uh, uh, down in Jacksonville, we got Georgia. We got Florida. Uh, I'm taking the dogs minus three. Uh, Dan Mullen's a, a absolute lunatic. Um, he is crazy. Man. I think, I think Florida is good. I don't think that I think Georgia is better. I think the, the game against Kentucky, made people think they're not quite as good, but I think they were kind of, you know, holding back for sure. Cause they dominated that game. They should have covered and almost had a pick six to, to take me to cover town. So I like that. Um, I'm taking Illinois at home. Plus if I can get it over a touchdown if, at seven, I'm, I'm not betting the game, but if I get seven and a half or more, which I can get on a lot of websites, um, I'm definitely taking Illinois at home. Uh, I have questions about Minnesota. I have questions about what they are. They obviously collapsed last week against Maryland. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm worried about them. Uh, I like Utah under two touchdowns. If you can get it under two, if you set 14 or more, I'm, I'm avoiding the game. But if you can get 13 and a half, 13, uh, I think Utah's really good. And I think Arizona's really bad. And I think, I think Utah dominates. I think it's ugly, but like a 24 to three kind of win, um, I think makes a lot of sense. Uh, I'm going to go to Texas. I'm going to take Baylor. Uh, well, I, I guess it's in Iowa state, but I'm going to take the Baylor bears. Uh, if you can get 13 and a half, 14, I, I'm all over that. Um, I think, I think Iowa state, I think breeze hall is incredible. I think Brock Purdy is an absolute, uh, dumpster fire who did not grow <laughs> at all from his freshman year. And it's very concerning. Um, but I think Baylor keeps it close enough. Uh, this may be a gross game where the Baylor kind of figures their offense out at the end and ends up kind of coming in the back door, but if they can do it, they can do it. Um, and I like Clemson. Uh, it, it opened at two and a half. I really wish I got that number. Um, it's at four and a half. Now um, I don't think Notre Dame's good. And I think, Clemson obviously struggled last week and getting there. Uh, but a lot of it was their defense, not their offense. The offense came together at the end. Obviously their quarterback put them in, in not ideal uh, situations to start the game, but they'll be fine. I still think Clemson is really, really good. And I know Trevor Lawrence is not playing, but Travis Etienne, that defense can do enough 
to to win and to cover um, this game. I think they win by six or seven. So you know, if you can get it at four and a half, uh, I'm definitely happy to take it there. Um, and I and that will do it. Those are my picks. Those are my. I have one more. Hit me. Okay, this is going to be an obscure, off the wall selection, but I'm going to go oh. with Coastal Carolina minus 18 hosting South Alabama. Coastal Carolina is averaging defeating their opponents by 24 points this season. They're averaging 41 points a game. Their quarterback has thrown multiple touchdowns in every game this year while only throwing a single interception. Dude has 15 touchdowns to one interception. They're only allowing 300 yards a game to their opponents. Coastal Carolina is one of the most under-talked-about like lower division teams that is yeah. absolutely destroying opponents. And I think they're going to get some more recognition this week after they, they, they take South Alabama out back to the woodshed and they give them a few splinters where the sun don't shine. Uh, Brian, I have one more also uh, air force and army are playing. When we have two service academies playing each other, what do we do? <laughs> Go take the under, we got to take the under and I know it's 41 and I know it's gross and I know it's really terrifying. Uh, under 41 is uh may, might be my lock of the week. That's that's going crazy. Picking the under for a lock. Uh, I might that might be my best bet. I I won't do it just because we're we're trying to focus on the NFL. But uh, from a <laughs> college college football perspective, that is my best bet. So Brian, before we hit our week nine best bet in the NFL. Run me through your card. Who is on the list? Who are you backing this week? All right. So starting with the college football, I'm going to mention the three games that I talked about. I love the over in BYU at Boise State, over 61 and a half. I'm taking San Diego State, minus nine and a half, hosting San Jose State. I love Coastal Carolina, minus three touchdowns, basically, hosting South Alabama. And then over to the Sunday area where it was my bread and butter this season. I'm going to be adding Washington minus two and a half hosting the New York football giants. I think this, this Washington team is getting their stuff together on defense. I think Antonio Gibson has finally been able to show everyone why they were, they took him. He's in every down role there. Terry McLaurin is going to absolutely leave James Bradbury in the dust this week. I love Arizona minus four and a half at home against Miami. I'm taking new Orleans plus four and a half on the road in Tampa Bay on Sunday night football. And I think I am going to go off the wall and I'm going to take the Denver Broncos money line on the road in Atlanta to make a huge upset down there in Georgia. I mean, Atlanta isn't good. So like from a, from a, from a, uh, a perspective like from a real life perspective, they're not very good. So I could totally see that. Uh, but from a, like, perception standpoint that that's whoa crazy crazy but i like it uh i went aggressive this week again because you know i got to catch up to you and whatnot <laughs> we're going air force army under we're going asu plus 11 we're going to georgia minus three we're going illinois plus seven and a half we're going to utah minus 13 and a half we are taking those baylor bears plus two touchdowns and we are going clemson minus four and a half that's just saturday we head over to sunday where we take those new orleans saints plus the four and a half we take baltimore minus one we take the steelers minus seven and a half in the first half I am taking Detroit plus four and a half. I love your Washington call, and that is on my card. And the Carolina 
returning Christian McCaffrey Panthers plus 10 and a half against Kansas City. Lock them, chock them, rock them. We'll be here on Sunday morning. Uh, recap our card. See how we did on Saturday. Uh, Brian could tell me why I'm an idiot and why I'm going to lose <laughs> all my best on Sunday. And he'll be right. Uh, but it'll be fun. It'll be fun to have a little best bet action. We'll help hopefully get you set for your lineups. Uh, we are approaching the playoffs. We're like what a month, eight, four to six weeks, probably in most leagues. Yep. Um, so these next games are going to be mission critical. You have to win to advance. Hopefully we can be a part of you surviving, advancing, moving on with the COVIDs, with the injuries, with everything. Uh, it's really important that we stay on top of our lineups. But for Brian Twining, I'm Kyle Robert. Good luck with your bets. Good luck with your fantasy matchups. If you want to check out our NASCAR finale show, go check that out. The last race of the season, if you want to throw it on an extra screen, it uh, might add a little betting to your to your Sunday card. You never know. It's always good to diversify. Uh, but we'll talk to you guys Sunday morning. Check out our YouTube show. Come hang out. Bring your questions. Peace out. <laughs>